Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Well, good morning. I'm so glad to connect with you in this way and wherever you are uh, in the world, actually. We're glad you are streaming and you're glad you're watching this. I, I just wish I could ask you a question and you could respond to me. I wish I could see your face. Because the question I would ask you is, how are you doing? How are you doing with this? I mean, I got to be honest with you. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, oh, yeah, this is great. It's all good. No. I mean, some of you that are home with children and trying to help them with online learning, I mean, my goodness, challenges that you never faced. A lot of time with one another in all of our homes that may be more time we've ever spent with one another. And while that can be good, that can be a challenge. And I think for a lot of us, it's just the fear. You know, for me, I've had some days I just felt sad. And and I couldn't really put my finger on anything. It's just not the city I know. It's not the community I know. It's not the church that I know. And, and I have to really ask myself the question, why, why do I feel that way? Is it because of this room? Look at this room behind me. Is that what I miss in, in us being in this room, being together? Well, sure it is. I mean, I, I can't wait for that day. But is that who we are? Is that essential? You know, the big question is, how long are we going to do this? How long before we get back together? Well, I mean, Guys, we're going to follow the best practices. We're going to follow what the authorities are telling us because we feel like there's some wisdom in that. And, and if we feel like we have to be together to be the church, then that tells us a little bit about what we think about the church. It, it tells us what we think the essentials are. I, I just went back to this book. I, I'm not looking to a governor or a president to tell me what the essentials of this church I'm not looking to another source other than what God says it is. And and to walk through the pages of the New Testament, especially to see that, is refreshing. Because I think what we're going to learn is that the essentials, and it's not just essentials for a church, it's essentials for us. Because that was God's whole plan, that was his whole purpose. And in fact, if I could sum it up in a word... I can tell you what's essential for you and for me is that we belong to something. That we have a place, that we belong, that that we are connected. So the first essential, our identity. I mean, you really begin to question your whole identity because maybe you're not going to work, you're not in the patterns you've always been and you just start to wonder, man, and you feel like you're not making a difference. You feel like you don't matter. So we all know this, this particular movie. It happens to be one of my favorite movies uh, because I just love the storyline. And, uh, and, and there's a character in the movie. You'll, you'll know this character well. This is Woody. And Sawyer Bo, youth, my grandson, was so gracious to let me borrow Woody. Now, he, I notice uh, he doesn't talk anymore. <laughs> he doesn't have anything to say. 
But Woody has something that reminds us of one of the most important essentials, identity. And I know you're thinking who we are, but maybe it's whose we are. You know what I'm talking about. On the bottom of his boot, he has a name, Andy. And that name is there because he belongs to Andy. I'm convinced no matter where Woody ended up in the story, I mean, he ended up in some crazy places, he could always look at that boot and he could remember, I belong to Andy. Can I just tell you that no matter what we go through, no matter what's out there, virus or something else, we have to remember we belong to somebody. And that's where we get our identity, not from a mandate from the government or not from what others are saying or a community popularity poll. But we belong to somebody. And so I looked in the scripture at at all the... um, at all the stories, and, and, and I looked at all the images. Do you realize there's like 96 images of the church? And by images, I mean like metaphors, uh, ways to describe the church and ways to describe us. I, it's, it's unbelievable, but there's some that rise above them all. I think there are three of them. And I want to show you what's something cool. Here they are. We're going to have the screen so that it really helps us to walk through this. The people of God the family of God, and the body of Christ. I believe those three are more prominent than all the others, and they're at the core of the essential of identity. Now watch this. Notice all of them have of God, of God, of Christ. We belong to somebody. And that identity comes from that little prepositional phrase, We belong to somebody. Let's talk about the people of God. It's one of the earliest designations. And yet you find it again in the the New Testament. Let me show you a verse um, in 1 Peter chapter 2. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So the first thing I want you to know, and we'll put the, the three things up there is the church is a loving act of God for relationship with his special creation. God created this thing we call the people of God or the church. And why did he do it? He did it for relationship with us. So he would be our God. We could be his people. There's another phrase that is used talking about the people of God, and that is the ecclesia of God. Ecclesia, it's a Greek word. That's, a, that's just transliterated straight out of the Greek into English. Ecclesia means basically to be called out. And Jesus uses that term in Matthew 16 when he's talking about the church and the, and the beginning of the church. He said, we're the called out ones. Now, what's interesting about that, uh, ek means out. Kalesia is from kaleo, a verb that means to be called. Where we called? To him. We're called out. What are we called out of? Well, we're called out of our life and normal culture and world around us, but we're also called out to change our culture. It has this beautiful missional idea. 
you've been called out. You have a special relationship with the one who created you and the church is a supernatural creation of God that shares a common confession. Remember what Paul said, 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old is gone and hold, behold, everything is new. You know what that tells me? That tells me that when Jesus comes in my life, when I received Jesus, something happens. There's a new creation. And I believe that the people of God, the body of Christ, and as we'll talk through these, the family of God, I believe it's a new creation. And, and what makes us his people and his church is not man-made. It's God-made. It's born of God, not of man. In fact, the confession that we all come together around. When Matthew is writing the story of Simon Peter in Caesarea Philippi, having a discussion with Jesus. You can find it in Matthew chapter 16, about verse 18 or so. Jesus has asked a question, who do people say that I am? And they're answering the question, you know, Elijah, a prophet, John the Baptist. And then he said, but who do you say that I am? And remember it was Simon Peter that said, thou art the Christ. That means Messiah. Son of the living God. And you know what Jesus said to him? He said, Simon, flesh and blood didn't teach you that. But my Father in heaven revealed that to you. Let me tell you what I believe about the people of God. It's a supernatural thing. It's not man-made. You know what you get when man makes it? Religion. You know what you get when God does it? Relationship. And there's a big difference. And maybe this season of this pandemic has caused us to strip away all the man-made stuff. It's caused us to, to not have access, perhaps, to the buildings, to the stuff. But maybe we come out of this realizing, hey, we're something a lot bigger than what man made. We're a part of something that God made. Only God can make it because we are the people of God. All right, the second phrase, the family of God. And I love this one. This is a very, very common one. The family of God. So when you think about that, when you hear that, the first thing I want you to think of that we're family with him first, okay? Above all, there's a verse in Second uh, Corinthians that just, uh, I, I'll be honest, I, I had forgotten this verse or had just totally zoned out. This is actually a quote from the Old Testament from Leviticus, but this is Paul writing to the churches there in Corinth, and this is what he says, and I'm just going to read verse 18. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Did you hear that? He said, I'm going to be a father to you, and you're going to be my sons and my daughters. You realize God created you to be family. Now, I realize by creation you're family, and by creation you are God's, but he wanted it to be in relationship. So the first aspect of this family is with God. Jesus said that he came, or John, excuse me, speaking of Jesus, chapter one, John's gospel, he came to his own, but his own didn't receive him. But to many as received him, to them he gave what? 
the power or the privilege to be what? The children of God. I just think it's his desire for you to be his child. It starts with receiving Jesus Christ. See, God wants you to know him more than just a creator, more than just some power up there. He wants you to know him as your father and you as his son or daughter. I just think that is an unbelievable thought. We are family with God. And not only family with God, we're family with one another. Do you realize that the Bible is full of places where it talks about how we are in relationship with one another? In fact, the, the phrase one another occurs almost a hundred times. 60 of those times, it's talking about how we're to take care of one another and serve one another. And there's references to the household of God. I mean, it literally talks like we are this big family. What term is most often used for fellow believers in the New Testament? Brothers and sisters. Hmm. So you mean you're my brother? If you're streaming this and you're a follower of Christ, yes, yes, you are. You're my sister to the ladies. To the girls, yep, you're my sister, brother and sister. You've probably been in churches, if you've been in many churches, some churches, that's all they say, brother this, brother that. I mean, I get called Brother David a lot, just as much as I do Pastor David. That's who we are. We're family. And this whole idea of family is built around serving one another, needing one another. It's actually built around the word koinonia. And by the way, that's one of the essentials, I believe, is, is this unity that comes, out of the, that comes from that. It's this community that we've got to walk with. The word koinonia, it's a big Greek word that just means sharing life together, sharing everything together, having mutual responsibility, but also mutual accountability. It's just learning how to be family. You've heard the expression around here, it's what we desire for every group. It's a place to know and be known. It's a place to love and be loved. It's, it's a place to serve and be served. It's a place to celebrate and be celebrated. That's koinonia. And you know, I have come to believe that in this season, one of the things that's happened to us is that, you know, when you've been isolated and you've been practicing social distancing, you, you have this moment every once in a while when you just wonder, do you matter? You kind of lose a sense of significance. You, you, you lose a little bit of that orientation because there's just some things family can do and only family can do. And you miss your family. I've told you before, there is no way to tell you how much I miss my family of God here. Now, I'm blessed to have my family, my physical family here. Some of you don't have that opportunity. And I, I know the pain of that. I know the struggle in your heart. And by the way, my mom is doing great. Some of you have asked how she's doing. She is in, a, in an assisted living facility, but they're very tight and they're doing a great job managing that. Can I just tell you, they're just things families do that others don't. We had a little gathering a couple of nights ago and we were all praying together and just, we were all, they were kind of all in a circle. I was actually sitting down and
as my kids began to pray, uh, my wife was holding Sawyer kind of like right here, you know. And I looked up and she's weeping. I, I knew she was crying. And later she told me Sawyer did something. took his hand and he caught her tears as they fell from her face and then he put his little hand up and he wiped her tears away it's the only family does that people that pray with you that walk with you that's what God wants us to be a family because it's what he called us and so this family together around Koinonia in a season like this, though we're separated, we're still family. And I want to encourage you to find a way to connect. Find a way, because you need that family. You were created for that family, the family of God. The last one, the body of Christ. The body of Christ. We are Literally the expression of Jesus today. Jesus is not walking around in the flesh, regardless of what people might have posted on the internet. He is not walking around the flesh, but yet he is. Through you and through me. Let me tell you, that is one of the most common themes for the Apostle Paul is that we, the people of God, the family of God, we are the body of Christ. You know where I think that came from? I'm not the only one. I, I was reading even um, a pastor in D.C., Mark Deaver, who believes the same thing. There's a lot of people who believe it. Here's where that comes from. Do you remember when Paul was on the road to Damascus, and, and he was not a believer, he was, he was named Saul, and he was going to arrest more Christians and, and persecute them, and on the road, there was this bright light. Jesus appeared to him. Literally, I mean, knocked him to his face and blinded him. Do you remember the conversation? Now, that story is repeated in more than one place in Acts. But in Acts 22, when Paul is sharing that testimony to the officials, he says that Jesus spoke to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, hang on. He wasn't persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting Christians, a group they called the way. That's the point. Jesus said, Paul, you're persecuting me. I believe that had such a profound impact on Paul that from his initial conversion on, he saw the body of Christ when he saw Christians. Because Jesus is working through us. Even the opening of the book of Acts. Chapter 1. The opening of the book of Acts. This is, this is cool. And I don't, want you to, I don't want you to miss it. In the first book, I think Luke wrote Acts. So in the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do. Now, I, I want to I make sure you understand something. We are the expression of Jesus today. He's not through. Acts says, I just wrote about everything he began to do. 
Jesus is not through. And he is working through us. So every one of us have a place and a part to play. Every one of us have a, have a place. We have a part. And so Paul talks about the body, the literally the analogy of the body of Christ. And so I, I just, I think one of the coolest things is that uh, everybody has a part. Now, Paul describes that the body has hands and feet and ears and eyes. And he says, all the parts are needed. And he basically, you can read 1 Corinthians 12 and he just does a great job describing the body. And he says, don't let one member say to another, you're not important. Your hand can't say to your foot, I don't need you. He said, hey, we're one body, but we got many members. Now, I want you to think about the implication of that. The implication for that is you have a place. You have a part to play because you are gifted. You have gifts that God has given you. And I can tell you what's essential, that we all play our part, that we all do our part in the body of Christ, whether we're meeting together or not. We're a part of the body of Christ. Then he says this, we're to do what he did. I just think we are to continue to do what he did. That, that's a clear picture. In fact, let me tell you what Jesus said, John 14, the night before he was crucified, John 14. He's got his disciples there. And he looks at them and he makes this incredible statement. And I'll read it. John 14, verse 12. Truly, truly. By the way, that's a double. You know, it's usually verily I say unto you, or truly I say unto you, when he doubles it. I mean, that's like him saying your full name, your middle name included, and your birth certificate and social security number. I mean, it's, it's the most profound way to get your attention. Truly, truly I say to you, Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Now, hang on. Did, did he just say, we're going to do what he did? Yep. Did he just say, we're going to do greater works than he? That's what he said. I'm not making it up. I'm just reading what he said, what does that mean? I just think it means that when he left us and sent the Holy Spirit, his presence in us, the scope and the scale of our work to continue what he started is going to be around the world. So think about it. We're not through. I mean, this is a season that we have work to do. Be the hands, be the feet of Jesus. As we care for people, as we take care of our neighbors, as we, as we pray for the healthcare heroes, as we do all the things that we're doing, why do we do them? Because it's what Jesus would do. It's what Jesus would do. And I just think the scope and scale is bigger than anything we can imagine. I want to be that church. And I want to invite you to be a part of that kind of an expression of the life of Jesus. So, the early church, they didn't join a church. Those people didn't join a church. I call it the early church because that's how we define it. But they didn't join a church. They joined a movement. You see, what they saw 
was a resurrected king. And they had seen him crucified, raised from the dead. And they were convinced he is the Messiah. And they followed him. And they began to do what he began to do. And you know what's so powerful? They didn't go around the countryside in Jerusalem proclaiming the church. They didn't go around proclaiming an organization. They went around proclaiming Jesus Christ. And they changed their world. Consider this. They didn't have a building. They didn't have a program. They they didn't even have a Bible. I mean, the Bible as we know it, no, they didn't have that. They didn't have all the stuff. But they had one thing. And that one thing is Jesus. And they belong to something. And they changed their world. In spite of persecution, in spite of pandemics, in spite of everything that came. Why? Because they understood the essentials. And they understood whose they are. And they never forgot that. I was on a bike ride yesterday, and um, I listened to just the radio off of uh, Apple Music and, and Praise and Worship, and I'll hear new stuff every now and then. And I'm on my bike ride, and all of a sudden this song comes on, and, and, and I'm riding along, and I normally like fast songs, you know, to keep me going. But this song just, I stopped. I mean, I literally, it's like, what song is this? I got back to the house, I saved it, put it in my playlist. I played it last night for Rachel. She began to weep, sent it to my family, said, you got to hear this song. It's a song by Stephanie Gretzinger. The title of it, No One Ever Cared For Me Like Jesus. I thought it was an old hymn. There's some of you know an old hymn that has that title. Listen to this. If my heart could tell a story, if my life would sing a song, I have a testimony if I have anything at all. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. His faithful hand has held me all the way and when I'm old and gray when my days are numbered on this earth let it be known in you alone Jesus my joy was found my joy my joy let my children tell their children let this be their memory that all my treasure was in heaven and you were everything to me no one ever cared for me like Jesus his faithful hand has led me all the way And when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on this earth, let it be known in you, Jesus, in you alone, I have found my joy. You see, I believe that's the essential of belonging to somebody, Jesus, and finding in him who you are and whose you are. So right now, 
Do you know Christ? Have you ever received Jesus as your Savior, Lord? Are you connected to the body? Are you connected somewhere to the church? I just think that's where you start. So let me ask you, if you've never received Jesus, the scripture makes it really clear. As many as received him, to them he gave the privilege to be the children of God. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I want you to pray this. And and you don't have to close your eyes or, or bow your head. You may be in a room with people. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to say, Jesus, I want to belong to you. I want to follow you and tell him, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in you. When I can't believe in anything else, Jesus, I believe in you. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. I believe. You see, I believe Jesus heard that. If you're not connected, I think your prayer would go something like this. Jesus, I know you. I believe in you. But I need to be a part of the family. I I need to be connected. And so, Jesus, help me to take that step. Give me the courage, whatever it is. Give me the courage to take that step. And I believe Jesus will hear that prayer. He heard that prayer. And let's take that step. So on the button, the connect card, I want you to go there. And there are a couple of places for you to indicate today what happened in your life, what God did in you. One is that today you received Jesus. I mean, it's just as simple as the the gospel and what John said. You received Jesus. Now, that means you became a part of the family. That means you became a part of the people of God. And it means you became a part of the body of Christ. All of that's included. You belong. He has written his name on you. I want you to let us know that because we want to celebrate with you. We want to encourage with you. Encourage you and just help you with resources, whatever. The other place to check is today you want to get connected you realize you know what I do belong but I don't live like it well it's time to live like it hey we need each other especially during these days we want to help you take that step and let you know what it means to be connected here well you know I love music and some of you have figured that out by now I'm really a kind of a weird duck. I like all kinds of music. Um, if you saw my playlist, you would like say, you're confused. And I am because I like all kinds of music. But man, the music I love is when some song comes along, like the one I've quoted. And it gives me a voice, gives me how to praise him, how to, how to pray. This song you're about to experience with us is that kind of song. It's a song that basically says, we speak Jesus. Remember what I said the early church had? They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have programs. They didn't have a building. But what they have? They had Jesus. Speak Jesus over your home. Speak Jesus over the hospitals. Speak Jesus over our community. Speak Jesus wherever you go. And what that means is he's more important than anything else. I've driven around this place with nobody here. In fact, it's kind of fun. I get to do this in these days. I drive around this place, and all I do is look at this building and look at all the buildings and the property, and I just speak the name of Jesus. I speak Jesus. I speak Jesus. 
that is essential because that's whose name is on me and on you. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.